A Pac-12 president gave us an update on where the conference stands in media rights negotiations. What does it mean for Utah? We're talking about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college When you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, that's all caps, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, one word, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So make sure you guys head over to Bird Dogs, and we'll hear a little bit more from our friends at Bird Dogs a little later in the show. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. If this is your first time joining us, make sure you guys like and subscribe. Also, would love to hear with you guys, from you guys in the comments. Tomorrow's show, we're going to do a Q&A, so we'll be taking your questions, talking about the different topics. I'm sure some of it will revolve around the media rights deal and some of the information that was uh, just released that we're going to be reacting to here in a moment. So once again, get those Q&A questions in. And speaking of what we're talking about today, at the end of the show, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think Hunter Erickson could add to the Utah men's basketball program. In our second segment, we're going to be talking about a talented tight end who just committed to the Utah program. But first, got to start with the media rights tales, kind of in the biggest off-season topic of conversation for the Pac-12. And we did get a little bit of an update from Pete Thamel, who tweeted this out, and just the, the quote from Arizona President Bobby Robbins, who spoke on this. And what he said was, I'm not anxious about this. I know it's important. I have full confidence we're going to get where we need to be. He said he's casually optimistic. But once again, I look more so and feel better about him saying he's not anxious about this. He also stresses that the Pac-12 presidents haven't seen numbers yet on the upcoming TV deal. So, you know, a lot of people are like, this number has been, and look, people can be lying, right? So, the presidents absolutely could be lying, saying that they haven't seen numbers in that regard, or and they also very well could have. That's where this stuff is so hard, because I think there's people on both sides who, whether we're talking about like if Utah should stay or leave in the Pac-12, keep overreacting because we just don't know what's out there and what's available right now. So once again, what they said was, I'm not anxious about this. I know it's important. Um, but he, like he said, just talking about the TV deal, he said they haven't seen the numbers. And until we see a working document that gives us numbers, that's what we don't have until we have it. No one can make an informed decision. That is the most important thing to me right there. No one can make an informed decision. So Utah is not going to be leaving for the big 12 until they see these numbers. And until they go from there, I just, I can't see the conference breaking up without even seeing the numbers as we've talked about before numerous times on the show. And I know there was all this buzz about Colorado, maybe leaving earlier, but even last week on my show with Spencer, Spencer put that at, uh, we both put that at under 5% and uh, we haven't heard anything since. So I still feel like that's what everyone's kind of waiting on is to see where these numbers, and this is something too, a reminder for the PAC 12, like their games are still going to be played on ESPN on Fox this coming season. And then July 1st of next, Next year, so 2024, July 1st is when the conference's media rights deal expires. So basically, the top by the time softball and everything were to wrap up at that point. So right in the middle of the summer, or excuse me, just July 1st. So right before the 2024, 2020 five athletic calendar will get underway so we don't know where utah football be playing their games next year we do know when they'll be playing this year therefore they do have a lot of time to still get this done look we want it to be done ahead of time a lot of all the other conferences they've pretty much gotten theirs done ahead of time too right but is where Utah has taken, excuse me, not Utah, but the Pac-12 has taken more time. And just as this pertains to Utah, I think that this is what they need to do is, as I was talking about, they have to wait to make that informed decision until they see the numbers. 
The Big 12 is not going to pull their offer. They're trying to keep pace with the top two conferences in college football right now, and the only chance they have is by grabbing those kind of bigger brands you can get or just you have the opportunity to get, right? Like the ACC is fine. I don't see the ACC really coming and joining the Big 12. That's why I think the Big 12, their best opportunity is if the Pac-12 does implode, then to scoop up some of those teams, grab like a Utah, you get the Utah-BYU rivalry going again. You get Arizona-Arizona State, get that rivalry going um, and then you bring Colorado in as well as on the rise with Deion Sanders. Like that's what would happen if the deal wasn't as optimistic. But I don't see why the Big 12 would pull that option because it, it wouldn't be good for them business-wise because who's to say ACC schools would be interested? We've already heard a lot of the rumors about the Pac-12 schools being interested. And every conference is just trying to fight for their future, which is suddenly in the air if you're not the SEC and the Big Ten at least a little bit. And also just reacting to more of the statements he kind of made, um, Bobby Robinson also stressed the Pac-12 president's um, he said that they for oh, excuse me, they, I've seen forecasts and projections, but he's also said, I don't think there's good data on what the Pac-12 is valued at. I've seen those numbers. If we get close to those numbers, I think we'll be fine. It even says like he, he's he kept it realistic, right? They're not going to get Big Ten. They're not going to get SEC numbers. We, we knew that. He said, if we win a bronze medal, I think we'll all declare victory and move on. I think I think they're absolutely right. You know that the Pac-12 is not touching what the SEC and the Big Ten are doing. Frankly, I would be shocked if they did finish higher than fifth at that point. But look, who's to say they couldn't, right? Because once again, we haven't seen the numbers. Do I believe they'll finish in third? I, I doesn't feel like it, but this all these quotes and everything we've seen are just, once again, another reminder of how little we know of what's going on. We can react to reports and different things like that. But this stuff too, whenever it comes from Thamel, like what he's putting out here, and then whenever you're hearing stuff you are, like you are from a Bobby Robbins, um, John Costanzo, um, I think I might just mispronounce his name, but he also put some stuff out as well, just in general talking about the conference and where they're at in their media rights deal too. So that's very noteworthy. Those are kind of the main sources I like to go with. Dennis Dodd has said a lot of stuff. I, I, and I don't even want to call it Dennis Dodd like in particular, but we've just there are a lot of guys out there who have said a lot of stuff. And I'm not even saying... That it, look, guys get fed bad information all the time, right? But like we've heard them report a lot of things that just don't seem accurate looking at the full scope of the situation. Obviously, someone's lying. This is what makes it complicated. Could be the president's. I don't think it's the reporters. I think there would just be being fed false information, which does happen in this industry a lot. So it's something to keep in mind of. But I, I still do think there's a chance that the deal, even if they did finish in fifth, I still think they just want numbers that are close to what the Big 12 is getting as well as kind of wherever the ACC ends up. Um, what their numbers are valued at too. So all that stuff is important to keep in mind in this. And for Utah, once again, I really think the best thing for them to do is just continue to kind of um, sit and wait. It was one thing that's interesting though, too, is just hearing, cause I did talk about like the potential of the, um, excuse me, Arizona, and Arizona state. Um, if the big 12 were to add them, they did say that they, the president for Arizona, Bobby Robinson did say it was hard. It'd be hard for them to break apart, which I do think is interesting that they would want to stay together. Um, he said there it's possible. The direct quote is um, we don't have the same, um, thing, but President Crow and I are very, very tight, and I think it'd be unlikely that we split up right now with the ten schools. We're, we control a very nice twenty percent of solidarity, which is very true. That's what the nice thing they do have some power and they get some say in everything that's going on. And speaking of not just those two schools staying together, but the conference in general, Robin said he does predict that we're going to stay together as a Pac-12. And I'm sure some of you will hear me say that, and they'll be like, "Well, what is he supposed to say?" Well, he could have said nothing, right? If it doesn't seem like it's heading in the right direction, you could just say nothing and kind of go from there. Instead, he did choose to at least say that he thinks they're going to stay together. I don't think he would say that if he didn't feel like that. I don't think there was any reason to lie about that kind of a statement if you think you're going to break up. I don't know what or disband as a conference. So either way, he said, I'm hopeful the deal is going to be good enough to keep us together. I think that's the best thing for our students and alumni. And that's what we're hoping for. And that's what I still feel as well. I still feel like you can get a you can get good value out of the conference. There are games 
that a lot of people will want to see and look forward to seeing. And I still expect the Pac-12 to stay together, at least for the short-term future. I still can, I still think we'll see some version of like a four-year deal. And I've talked before about the potential of super conferences. If I had to put my money on things, just looking at the landscape in full, that's where I feel like we'll end up heading. I know there's a lot of stuff about buyout numbers and all this stuff. I just, these colleges don't care to me. They, they're just, especially with the way NIL and the donors and everything are rolling in, they're, they're willing to pony up the cash. So I feel like we'll eventually get a super conference, but I hope that we still stay with the Pac-12. I hope the Big 12 still remains intact. I hope all these remain intact. This is the version of college football I grew up with. I think it's the version of college football we've always known. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I'm glad they're making some slight tweaks to the playoff. I'm sure there's some of you who just like it at four. Probably a lot of you, though, who are excited it's expanding because that is going to give Utah a much better chance to make it in some point, which I think is really exciting, too. So once again, it's just going to be really interesting to see how this does all play out for Utah. And I feel like they're in the right position just by sitting and waiting and seeing. Because once again, this media rights deal doesn't expire until July of 2024. So still a full year to go. They've been talking about it for a while. I would like for them to get it done too. I've been leading this with my show for a long time now. So I appreciate those of you continue to tune in for me talking about this. But this is the main thing right now. This is huge where Utah is going to play their games at. And this media rights deal is huge just for the conference's future as an athletic conference. So that's where it's going to be really interesting to see how the deal, the numbers, everything gets played out. But it's always interesting when you hear from a president, someone who is a little bit more involved in the situation. I always like hearing quotes like that, which once again, there can be some misleading at times. And do I know everything he said is true? No, but I do think a portion of what he said is true. I don't think they would lie about everything that they fed them all there. There can be some misinformation, but I don't think it benefits to lie about everything we just looked at. So very curious to see where this all goes. I still think Utah's in a good position sitting and waiting. Despite what people tell you, they do not need to make the jump to the Big 12 right now. And I think Utah's in a position where, look, if everyone else bolted, they could be able to bolt as well and still get it. I think their brand is in a good enough position right now to be able to make it. Uh, they would not be everyone's first call, right? We know Washington and Oregon would be out of the pack, but I do think you could still find a trickle in there because of Utah's growing brand and support. Even Salt Lake as a market's growing a lot too. So I think a lot of stuff that's interesting there. But what do you guys think overall? If you guys want to hear me talk about this on more on tomorrow's show, make sure you guys leave a comment and I will touch on more of the realignment talk, the media rights, everything that's going on in the world right now that could lead to, once again, Utah being in a new conference. So we'll see how it plays out. And one thing we want to talk about for Utah Athletics, too, is that they got a commit from a talented tight end. We're going to come back and tell you a little bit more about him in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look great. Their stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and legs, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts, and they are made of a stiff, restricting cotton that Bird Dogs fixed the issue by in venting cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis but stretches so good in a way that slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs use anti-stick sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long i am recording this podcast while i'm currently wearing a pair of bird dogs also i they're my new paper pair of shorts i got a pair uh recently the great people at bird dogs sent us some i wear them out all the time whether it's going out to watch a movie maybe just going out to Watch a sport, big sporting event that's going on, hanging out with friends, going on a date, all those kind of things. That's what Bird Dogs is perfect for. And now you guys can get in on a great offer from Bird Dogs too, as you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter promo code locked on college, all caps, for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. So once again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter your promo code locked on college. One word, all caps, to get in on a great offer from our friends at Bird Dogs. All righty. 
moving off of the media rights and everything that that pertains to, to an addition to the Utah football program, and that is Snow College tight end Dallin Bentley. Bentley is 6'5", 255, uh, the weight for him to um, wrapped up a career, it's wrapped up a few years at Snow College and now has an opportunity to come in with this Utah team. And when I watch Bentley, I think he's got he's a big body guy. I think he's a pretty good route runner. He's got okay speed, not the quickest guy in the world. I think he's a physical blocker. I think he's got good body control. I think he can survive ankle tackles too. He does a good job tracking the tracking passes in, blocks through the whistle, good adjustment on balls in the air too. He gets some yards after the catch, good check down option. If guys go for his legs, he can he can break through those tackles as well. That was something I was encouraged by. Look, Bentley's going to get buried on the tight end depth chart a little bit, but I do think this is a guy where I at least watch the film and I'm like, you know what? There's a chance if he's got the potential, it seems like he's got the work ethic too. You never know. He would at best be the fourth or fifth tight end, obviously, with uh, what the team is going to have. And Landon King as second or third. Yasmin, who's probably going to be a second, at worst the third. And then Keithy, obviously the unquestioned number one guy. So Bentley will be battling out with the Noah Bennies of the world, the Vaha, Isaac Vajas of the world. So I, I'm curious to see how he's going to do when he gets up with the team. But um, it's cool to see his announcement. He said, I'm excited to announce my commitment to the University of Utah. He wanted to thank those for giving the opportunity and all those who helped him get there too. And it's it's exciting whenever you're adding guys too. And just it's nice to get extra depth as well. And this is a guy that did have an offer to play for Washington too. He had one to Colorado. He had one to Louisville. And where did he end up choosing? He ended up choosing going to, and I apologize if you guys heard that. I don't know what that noise was, but um, and where did he end up going to? I think it's really exciting that he ended up choosing Utah over those other schools. And it just once again speaks to the position that Utah athletics are currently in right now, right? Where you have guys who want to come and join this program because what does it give you the opportunity to win, to play? Because it's an open competition, right? This isn't a program that promises guys playing time. We've seen that time and time again. We don't watch a guy come in and we're like, oh, he's the best. Like Charlie Brewer was not promised a starting job. He beat out Cam Rising in training camp or excuse me, just in fall camp. And then uh, during the season, he didn't perform as well. So then they made the switch and put Cam in there. That's how this team works. If you perform the best, you will be the starter. Now, I'm sure they give some guys like, oh, you have a great opportunity to start. I'm sure they tell that to the guys they bring in that are talented recruits because the truth is when you are a talented recruit and have done things for other programs, you're putting yourself in a position to succeed somewhere else too. So that's where I do believe they tell, might tell those guys that. But no one is promised a job. you got to earn it each week. Not well, uh, Maybe not in practice, I will say. I'm sure guys have a little down week in practice. But like obviously, look, Zamaya Vaughn, I don't think you're just going to bench him all of a sudden. Now, if he's play, performing poorly in a the game, they, they would make that switch. But and that's what makes Utah so appealing to some of these late transfer guys is they're able to tra- is they're able to come in. They know they're going to have an opportunity to win right away. Also going to have a chance to potentially play. Sometimes it takes a couple years for them to get in and get ready, but they know at least like if they do everything on their end, they will have a shot, which I think a fair opportunity is all you're looking for when you're in when you're in kind of the transfer game at this point. So, I think that's something that's exciting too and I always think it's good to have some good tight end depth too. You just never know. It's a physical position the blocking as well. I should mention, I forgot when I was listing out the tight end depth, uh, I should have mentioned Mickey Sukataraga too, but he's still such the blocking tight end for this team. I just don't see him catching a ton of passes, just like Logan Kendall. His receptions were very few and far between. He had the trick play touchdown where uh, Nate Johnson rolled out to the right and threw it back to him to the left after he faked the block and rolled out. Then he was a check down option a few times, but did not really run many routes overall for this Utah football team. That's what I expect Sukataraga's role to be. And as last time we heard, I think there was a, he said in a, in a, uh, in a quote, in an interview with me and then an interview with you with other people as well. Like this is a fluid conversation of if he was going to stay at defensive end or not. And I do believe that he is going to stay at, um, excuse me, if he was going to stay at tight end or not. And I do believe he is going to stay at tight end just because it, it seemed like it went well. That's where he played all spring long. 
And because of the tenacity he brings in as just a blocker in general, I think that's why they are going to roll with him too. But I always like having depth of tight ends because we saw last year Brant Keithy get hurt. Utah was in a great position to have Dalton Kincaid and Thomas Yasmin really came on strong late in the year too, right? So that's where it's just a nice luxury to have multiple bodies and guys who are ready to step up and step in because when you're blocking play after play, when you're going out for passes, you're getting hit low play after play. It's just one of those positions that injuries can pile up at. And I think it's nice to have some depth there. And I think that's what's nice about getting a guy like Bentley who can come in as well. Um, nice to get him a guy who's from Utah too, kind of snow college as well. So he knows what this Utah program is about. He knows what he's going into. I'm sure he's excited to join. And once again, I just think it's exciting that he chose Utah over all those other schools. It really does speak to the position the program is in right now, which is a very prominent one. And we've seen time and time again, guys want to become and join this Utah team. And they've even been able to keep guys, not just from snow college, but obviously prominent high school recruits who want to stay on with the team because they recognize the opportunity where it's like, man, I can win. I can stay close to home. I can get myself in an NFL position too, which I know all the guys who still come on to college, they still dream about being that story, that guy, right? The next like a uh, Cooper cup for, for a big sky school, for example. And obviously there's tons of other guys who have started at the community colleges and they've kind of worked their way up onto an NFL team. I believe uh, JJ Watt is one. I think he was at a community college before he ended up transferring to Wisconsin. And I could be wrong on that, but there's multiple stories or scenarios like that of guys starting at that level, working their way up and then getting to the NFL. So those guys are still chasing the dream of playing professional football and making a ton of money at the NFL level. Give Utah gives you the opportunity to do that and play in front of a great fan base, a great game day atmosphere too. So once again, I'm excited about Bentley. Um, it takes, tight ends sometimes a little bit of time to get going i mean obviously we didn't hear from yasmin and dalton a ton early on in their careers i think dalton's caught two or three passes in 2020 so i don't expect a ton of bentley right away but once again it wouldn't be the first time we'd be surprised if someone um overperforming their projections so i think that is something that's really exciting to see and i think it's once again a really good get for this utah team just getting more tight end depth Freddie Whittingham Jr., best tight ends coach in the country for me. I know Georgia and there's some other programs that do some great things with their tight ends too, but I'll roll with Fred Whittingham Jr., especially after what we just saw Dalton Kincaid last season. And you think about where the growth of his game, and he deserves a ton of credit for that, for the working time he put in too, right? But a lot of that is Whittingham Jr. working with him and the offense putting him in the position to succeed. So I really do like grabbing Bentley as just an extra depth piece, and we'll be interesting to see how it all pays out for this Utah football team. So that's going to do it for the Utah football talk. Let's talk a little Utah basketball before we get out of here. Mentioned early on that the summer workouts had kind of gotten underway and we've gotten a chance to talk about some of the additions, but I thought we would use the summer to talk about a couple more of them too. And one of the guys they added is Hunter Erickson who committed to the team, gosh, a long time ago, um, just throughout the season. I think at some point during the season or maybe even before he might've committed, but he had spent one year with Salt Lake community college for I, or excuse me, just with Erickson as well. I, was lucky enough to call a lot of their games this past season. So I was able to see him up close up front and in person. And I think Erickson's the guy that should really excite Utah fans. It's the six, three. Um, he's got two, six, three, 195 sophomore, or excuse me, he'll be a junior eligibility. wise. So I'll have two years of eligibility left, uh, spent one year at BYU or maybe even two years. Um, but I don't think, I think I read a red shirt in one of them, or maybe it's just because of the COVID season. Either way, I know he's got two years of eligibility left. So what is Utah getting in Erickson? They're getting a guy who can kind of do it all. I mean, I look back early in the season with Salt Lake Community College. He had games where he scored, he had a game where he scored 37 points and pretty much every game he was scoring kind of like 19, 18, like he was kind of always flirting with those 20 point games. But then Salt Lake Community College, their point guard got hurt. Um, who Tanner Cuff, who they plan on being their starting point guard. So Erickson's role with the team had to change and he was able to adapt really well to that. He became their point guard, helped this team be a top five team for most of the 
Juco season and just in general, but like top five team nationally too. So it's a very impressive mark. It's all like got a lot of talented guys who are going on to play elsewhere. And part of the reason they're able to do it is because Erickson did a good job setting them up, distributing, kind of acted as an extension of their coach, Coach Taylor, out on the court too. Erickson's a guy who can get hot from three, competes hard defensively there. As I said, we got the, when you talk about his size, 6'3", so not the biggest guy. So that's the one margin that might hurt him a little bit. But I think his shooting is encouraging. I think he fits very well in the system. He almost never took a bad shot last year. I mean, I can maybe remember once, and that was it. Like, he's very smart. He rarely turns the ball over. Very good at making the extra pass. Competes on both ends of the floor. So, look, is, is he as – he's a pretty good athlete, too, I'll say. Is he as athletic as, like, a – um, Kaba, for example, right? The best athlete on the team. No, but I think you think he's athletic. So I think he's going to have a chance to compete for a spot off the bench. I think that's why he's coming to Utah, but look at some of the additions that Utah's gotten that it makes it a little murky for who's going to get those spots. Who's not going to, but I definitely think that Erickson is going to be in, in the mix for that. Just because as I said, the shot making finishes okay around the basket too hard when you get some of the bigger guys in the pack 12, I'm interested to see how he does with that, but especially his outside shooting. I think just that ability to provide gravity, if he's able to get going, I think that's something that could really add to this Utah team because they still struggle to knock down threes in some key situations last year. And I think that's something that Erickson could potentially bring to them. So very interested to see what he's going to add. And he's just one of the many additions. Once again, we're going to be talking about as it goes on, but keep your eye on Hunter Erickson, a guy who's uh, been around Utah now from going from BYU to Salt Lake community college and played a ton at Salt Lake last year. Once again, started pretty much every game for them, I think, or at least played in it. If there was a game or two, he came off the bench, but I'm a fan of Erickson's game, and I think he can definitely contribute to this team. So we'll be breaking down some of the more of the guys that are joining the team. Lawson Lovering from Colorado, as well as a few of the other transfers and other additions they have brought in later on. And potentially tomorrow, it depends on uh, the questions we get from you guys. If you want to hear me talk about more Utah basketball, you guys can leave those comments below. And once again, we'll be hitting on all your questions tomorrow. So make sure you guys leave them in the comments. You can message me on social media or just tag us. Um, I put a Twitter post about out about it, announcing our Q&A too. So make sure you guys just hit us, hit us up on any of those platforms or just in the YouTube comments. And we'll be back with you tomorrow to wrap up another week of Locked on Utes. We'll see you then.